October. I am your host, Courtney, and I am joined by my guest, Erica. Hey! So we are super excited today because we are going to talk about some San Antonio legends. Not like historical le- legend figures, but like spooky legends. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, not like dispersed players. <laughs> I mean, I feel that if any of them had pa- ever passed away on the court when a game happened, then this, like the at t Center would be haunted. But also, I would enjoy that haunting. I would 100, maybe the bat oh, that Manu Ginobili killed haunts it. Do I think that the bat haunts the at t Center? Yes. I mean, I think that probably if a bat was going to haunt something, like I don't know that there would be anything better for it to haunt. Yeah, it'd be a good assumption. I mean, I can't say that if I was haunting things that I would want to haunt the at t Center and get into all the gangs for free. You know, this definitely was not what I was planning on talking about, but I just now want to imagine that that bat died at the at t Center and he now haunts it and... That's the life that I want to lead. Anyways, so we have three specific San Antonio stories to talk about, legends as they were. And the first one on my list that I want to talk about is the children in the train tracks. So from what I researched was that there was a bus that happened to be stuck over these train tracks in like early 1930s or so San Antonio on the south side of town. And like they stalled and they were like, look, we're going to wait to get help with a train or like when a train comes by. However, the train didn't stop. And sadly, they all perished. So if you go to these train tracks and you put your car on the train tracks and put baby powder there, your car will magically be pushed over the train tracks so you don't experience the same fate that they had. And you can see these little baby hands that push your car over the tracks. So that's what I've heard as well. And I actually know some people that have done it. As much as I like love scary stuff, I've never gone to do this. And I feel like I would have enjoyed it. So I've never done it myself. And I've never actually been out there either. But I know people that swear that the whole baby powder thing happens. Unfortunately, it's shut now. and There's no way that you can go out there to do it anymore. I think they had like their last season of it being open maybe like two years ago. And then they said, okay, nobody else can come out here. That's it. And they shut the entire thing down. So you can't even get out there to do it anymore. But I read a couple of different conflicting stories on it. Um, One had it that it was a nun. For some reason, in the middle of the night, I was trying to figure out, like, why would a nun have a bunch of kids on a school bus in the middle of the night, like little kids? Because they're supposed to be, like, little, not teenagers, like little kids. Elementary school aged is what I read. Yeah. So why would the nun be out in the middle of the night with kids? It just doesn't make all that sense. But the story said that they were sleeping on the bus and she stalled on the track and she was trying to get them all off because they were asleep and couldn't get them all off and couldn't wake them all up in time and things like that. And then the other one said basically the same thing, except for she didn't see the train coming because it had lights out. Oh. And yeah. And it even had some like story on the nun about how the nun actually was thrown through the windshield, but lived and like went on to start her own home for children. I feel like that would be a very nice way, like, if that's how the story went. I mean, just like with our other ones that we talked about last time, I couldn't find a concrete story of it happening in San Antonio. We had talked a little before we recorded this that there was one, we said, like, Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. There's actual record of it happening. So it wouldn't be too far-fetched for that story to kind of, again, go across state lines in a sense. Every time I've heard anybody who's done it, they've always said they had a lot of fun going to the train tracks. And supposedly you can hear little children, like they're giggling, laughing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that would be unnerving to hear little children giggling. (laughs) So I have a little child and it's always unnerving to hear them giggling. Little kids are creepy as hell. (laughs) I did read, though, about this, 
that maybe one of the reasons they did shut it down was because of the like the side of town it's on supposedly law enforcement would have to come over there and deal with traffic problems at the site especially around halloween there's a lot of congestion and apparently when a lot of visitors come they tend to digest a lot of alcohol as one does on halloween when you're an adult or you think you're an adult so it kind of had like this weird criminal element to it and there were reports of carjackings, purse snatchings, other things that would happen to people that were trying to be ghost hunters in a sense. And it wasn't necessarily like the best of times when you would go. Right. So I get it. But I'm also kind of like, you know, you wanted to have an eventful night. You're going to get an eventful night now. And how do you think things like this are traveling over state lines? Like if something like this really happened in Salt Lake City, then how do you think it's getting situated in San Antonio? You know, that's actually a really good question. And I really wish I had a better answer than the fact that whatever, like you have these legends or you have tales, there is always a base, some basis of truth. You know, grandpa is going to tell his grandkid and that tends to sometimes be misheard. It's just like playing telephone. And right. So I read like an article that debunked in a sense, the train tracks about how it's a little bit off. Like there's a little bit of an elevation. So if you put your car in neutral, it will roll eventually. And you'll see handprints because the oils in your hands and fingerprints from touching the back of your car will be there. But you don't have to tell kids this and you can go take them and freak them out. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I'm like, that's also like a great way to like keep them in check. Just kind of like we talked about with the whaling woman and that like a lot of these legends have a mind what your parents say in a sense, or bad things may happen to you because of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Not to say that like getting on a bus with a nun is going to be a bad thing, but being like, look, even little kids go back to be haunting. So be a good kid or this might happen to you. Right. Which I can't I'm... help but feel like that's pretty twisted. But, yeah. um, you know, I mean, even going back to like Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. That was the goal of them. Was to keep kids' behavior in mind. Yeah. Well, another fun lesson in San Antonio. I think the second story we should talk about out of these three, let's go with the Midget Mansion, which is a horrible name, but that's what it's called. What I have heard or what I read about for the Midget Mansion was that there was a successful little person who had made a whole acting career out in Hollywood, became a millionaire, acting all these movies in like the 1920s or so, married another little person. They had two daughters. They moved to San Antonio of all places in my mind. I was like, are you from here? Who knows? And they built this mansion that was built for people of their size. So the doors are a lot shorter. The handles are a lot shorter. So they're, you know, at their height preference same with the ceilings in a sense and it was a mansion and they built these servant quarter houses also for little people however like the servants that they hired were actually like the average height for these servants and there are two different conflicting stories that i found one is that the father was just snapped one day and killed his whole family but they weren't all dead but put them in this closet and lock them in there. And you can hear these scratchings in the wall because they were trying to get out, but the door was locked, but they weren't fully dead. And they wrote messages and blood on the wall. And then the other story I heard was that the family themselves actually treated the servants so horribly that one of the servants one day just snapped and killed the whole family, put them in a closet and killed themselves. And again, they weren't fully dead. And that's why you can hear like the scratchings through the walls. Both of those stories are intriguing to me. Because I could not find an actual person who would have been, you know, who would have actually bought the the Midget Mansion or the Gillespie Mansion. I couldn't find the person. 
and there are no photos really of it other than this one horrible photo I found from like 1970. And it's such a shitty photo. I'm like, is this really what we're going to use? And you're going to tell me that this is a smaller like mansion? It's supposed to be like three stories, all these houses. I can't find a good photo. And technically it's not supposed to be standing anymore. And there's like multiple locations it could be in San Antonio. But if you ask around to like enough locals here, they'll be like, oh, I know someone who used to live by there and would hear like the screams or something. Right. I mean, in reality, the 1930s wasn't that long ago. So I'm, I'm, I grapple with the whole, like, wouldn't people have, like, concrete remembrances of this? Like, you would probably yeah. know somebody that remembered that. Or you would, there would be photographs. Like, where's the obituary? <laughs> you know? So, so I'm kind of like, I doubt this happened. In some of my research, I found that apparently it was a Navy captain that built the house. And then the, the, the little people moved into it. I have also heard just myself that it was set on fire at some point. I also heard that the reason that they were murdered was because the servants conspired to steal all their money. And then after they completed the theft and the murders, then they got in a fight and one of them killed the other and the other one escaped. That's a weird... So I did hear about the burning or like lighting the mansion on fire. And I think that was with the servant when he he snapped that he somehow burnt it down. Mm -hmm. Then why was it quote unquote still standing in the 1970s, not looking at all like it had been burned. Yeah, like all these legends. It's a great story. However, for it to be, you know, the 1920s, I'm also flabbergasted because there weren't that many roles in like the 1920s for little people to make them a millionaire in Hollywood, but just one of them acting and not continuing to be, you know, to go and act in movies to keep up. I mean, I mean, San Antonio is a lot cheaper to live than Hollywood, I would assume. Right. It's kind of like the actors at that point in time wouldn't have really been millionaires necessarily. Like even today, I have a few friends that are, that are actors. And even today, it's, it's pretty working class unless you're a big mega star. I have one friend who's been in multiple, like pretty big movies by any means, like not a millionaire, you know? So I, I kind of have a hard time believing that in the 1920s and 30s, someone could even become a millionaire by not being famous, but just being in film. Right. There weren't, again, like there really weren't that many roles. And I'm like, so the only roles I can think of off the top of my head that would have made you maybe even lots of money would be if you were in the Wizard of Oz as a little person. But even then, most of them were paid horribly. Yeah, I don't oh. think that they made any, like, hardly any money. Weren't they mostly carnival workers? Yeah. That they kind of, like, brought in and paid with food? Oh, yeah. They paid them by feeding them while they're there, basically. Like, yeah. Ever want to, like, talk about how horrible Hollywood was in, like, the 19, like, the quote-unquote golden era of Hollywood? We should totally talk about that at some point because that was, that always trips me up because that's, like, conspiracy theories, too. That Hollywood technically, anyways, that's, I'm going to start rambling. I don't want to do that. But yeah, so Midget Mansion, I don't believe it's real. I mean, maybe there was a mansion and it was bulldozed at some time, but there's conflicting reports of where it technically was. And now there's not really anything there to like go off of. Um, And if you want to talk about mansions, like the murder mansion in Houston, I literally lived down the street from the, the Candyman in Houston that would give out drugs to young gay guys down in Westheimer. And I was there when they bulldozed the house and my mom totally stole bricks and they're totally bricks at the house that she has in Seabrook because that's where it was. He did not. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Maybe like, that's why I'm a believer because secretly deep down, I think those bricks are haunted. I'm going to say Midget Mansion never happened. I think that's why I'm settling on there. 
you know what? Yeah. Out of like the conspiracy theories that we do, like with the tinfoil hats, I'm going to call this a five out of five in the crazy. If you really do believe or say that, you know, someone who knows someone there's pulling your chain because there's no address, yeah. no record. Yeah. Pretty sure. And then the, they say that there's a whole apartment complex built over it. Well, I'm like, how big was this mansion? Cause the apartment yeah. complex is pretty massive. Like, Exactly. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna hold firm with the belief that this never happened. So this has been debunked, or whatever it is. So yeah. we have one but more I- San Antonio one to do, and I saved, in my opinion, the best for last because it's the Dancing Devil. My favorite is that I found a Snoop's article about it, which made me kind of more excited that there was a Snoop's article about an urban legend from San Antonio. I can't believe that. That's so exciting. It is. Like, I feel like that gives you a little bit more credibility. I mean, but they give examples and examples. One of them is from San Antonio. And I'm like, okay, so because it's on Snoop's and you didn't say that it's false, does that mean it's a true legend? Right. So. San Antonio's Dancing Devil is the Dancing Devil of El Cameroncito. On Halloween at this dance hall, there was an amazing, handsome dancer. And he was dancing with all the young ladies. And they were just having such a grand old time until a woman looked down and saw either hooves or chicken-like feet, which would be like claws. Because the whole thing is that with the devil, he can change every part of his body except for his feet. So that's the way that the devil would give himself away. Anyways, the woman screamed when she realized what she saw. And he fled to the bathroom and out the window. And supposedly all these people could smell like a sulfuric smell or sulfur smell um, as he left, like through the window, whatever. And if you went outside, you could smell the smell for a little while. And that is that is the legend that I have. So that's the one I've definitely heard, too. Uh, it happened in like 1975, apparently. But I've heard I've heard one or two different alterations of the story. I've heard that it happened on the St. Mary's Strip before, too. That would be like a modern retelling. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is because the St. Mary's Strip, I believe, like, not necessarily the 70s, but the 80s, that was like an up-and-coming strip kind of closer to 6th Street. Like, it was a big deal down there. And they used to block it off, just like they do in 6th Street in Austin. And everybody would walk around and go drinking down there. And it was a much bigger strip than it is today. So, like, today they call it, um, I I guess, like, the rebirth of the St. Mary's Strip when they started, you know, uh, opening back up down there and bringing more stuff in. They called it, like, the revamping of the St. Mary's Strip or the rebirth. But that used to be more like a sixth street. So, whenever I moved here, they had just started revamping it, I guess. So, there was stuff down there, but it wasn't like it is today. But apparently, I've heard from, like, older bartenders that worked down there in the 80s that it was, like, one big giant party down on St. Mary's every night. Well, hot damn. But I've heard the devil story happened in St. Mary's, and then I've heard Comercito out on West Ninth, which I'm not sure if it's still there or not. So from what I read about the one that's on 90 is that it's changed hands multiple times, and either the most recent or at one point it was a gentleman's club. And I was like, oh, ain't nobody going to look at that man's feet if he goes in there and tries to start dancing now. So maybe it's for the best <laughs> it was a gentleman's club. I mean, I'm just thinking like, if I was going to own a bar, which I never, ever would, how awesome would it be to have that bar and call it like the Dancing Devil or something like that and really play into that story? I think it's a great thing. I mean, one of my favorite episodes of Bob's Burgers, because I love Bob's Burgers and I will talk about all of those episodes. Like there was a historian who came by and said that he had a mob fight in his restaurant and gave him like a plaque. He didn't want to hang it up. So Jimmy Pesto across the street 
totally did pretend that he had it at his with the mob hit and whatever, blah, blah, blah. It really does bring in attraction to have that type of like clout to be like, yes, Mm -hmm. I have totally had these things happen here. And you're just like, ooh, I want to sit in the seat that the first woman that danced with him realized that she danced with the devil. Like that would be the type of thing that I want. So if I were to ever own a bar, I would totally lie through my teeth and make up these types of stories to get more people interested. In <laughs> sure, you could totally do that. But <laughs> I think like as far as this and whether or not it's true, I mean, obviously since I'm a skeptic and I'm just a non-believer in you know, like paranormal entities at all. And if that did happen, like, that would be kind of a philosophical, <laughs> that, that presents a conundrum for me in a lot of ways. So I'm just going to say, I think it's interesting that this legend has become so much part of San Antonio character at this point, mm-hmm. where different artists have used it. It's been on fiesta medals. Like, it really is an important part of, of the culture here in San Antonio. So where do you think it came from? So lots well, of toughy. I wasn't thinking about where it came from, honestly. But you know what? I would say because of the way that, like, there's a lot of legends, the best way to discern who is, you know, either a devil or a witch, a demon, a spirit was because of their feet. And because for whatever reason, the devil or witches or whatever couldn't change their feet from either being hooves or claws or whatever. And that's how you could tell that they're not a real person. There's also a legend that's very in the same vein as the dancing devil. And it has to do with men at a campsite playing cards and playing poker. And they're winning money, losing money. Well, somebody drops a card on the floor. And when they go down to look for their card, and this is being played by the light of a kerosene lantern. So very faint. He goes to look down and one of the men at the table, they're not all friends, um, but one of the men supposedly had hooves underneath the table, freaked the man out. He knocked the table over, which caused like the cabin or whatever they were in to catch fire. And everybody but the supposed one with like the hoof feet ran out the door, huddled by this tree and like freaked out together like, ah. And then in the morning when like by the light of day, they went over to go look at the cabin that had burnt to the ground and supposedly all of the coin that like the silver and the coin that um, had been played for poker that night left itself to be in an upside down cross. And I'm like, but how is it not right side up? Like it could have been right side up if you look the other way, unless like, yeah, which end were you standing on? <laughs> you know, I was like, I mean, you can just turn it around like a six is a nine or a nine is a six, you know, it just depends on how you want to look know, at it. What I'm thinking there is that it's kind of a warning against unholy activities. Like, oh, you shouldn't be out there dancing with handsome men. You're going to run into the devil. Yes. Or, oh, you shouldn't be out there playing poker because these are activities that the devil does. The devil will be out there trying to tempt you, making you gamble, making you, you know, want to have sex, whatever the the case is. Like, this is the activities of the devil. So you shouldn't be out doing that because one day you're going to run into them. Yeah. I mean, there's mysterious strangers revealed to be the devil as a motif that is in common and so so many legends. Yeah. I think that's a great, it's almost like a mother's tale to either her daughters or even her sons to keep them weary of strangers. Because stranger danger. Don't talk to people you don't know, especially if they look handsome or well, pretty. I think it's actually even, even more than just stranger danger though. It's a, don't be out there acting like these or doing these activities that good Catholics don't do. Ooh, that is a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, and especially coming from, you know, Texas, where we definitely have a huge Catholicism demographic, it makes a lot of sense for that to kind of be a good warning. 
Yeah, like good Catholics don't go out there and drink and dance and play poker and things like that. Like religious people aren't supposed to be out there doing those things. Well, religious people are the only ones that believe in the devil. So obviously pretty much the worst thing that can happen to you if you're religious and you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing is to run into the devil. I mean, if that's the worst that can happen, it's the worst that can happen. Was it that bad? I mean, if you think about it, in your story, they were playing poker, but he left the coins behind. Like, he didn't even take their money. Exactly. So was he that bad? I don't think he was that bad. And in the Cameron Zito story, okay, all he did was dance with people and make them have fun. And then when he was embarrassed, he ran out and let the stinky smell. That was literally all that he did. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I would hang out with the devil. I'm just saying that if he's going to leave the money that he won in a poker game from me, because I'm a horrible poker player, or he was going to dance with me when most people wouldn't dance with me anyways, because I have two left feet, I would be appreciative. I think he's getting a bad rap. I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he seems like a generous soul that's pretty good looking. And like, if you got to look past the chicken feet for it, well, eh. I mean, there are things you can do. You could put socks on it. If he's got hooves, you, you just could. give him, you give him like um, some socks and then you put like shoes and you just never let him take his shoes off. And then if he's got the chicken feet, well, just like make it like a big, like oven mitt type of foot thing. That's fine. You can get past yeah. it. You know what? I'm, I'm firmly team devil on this one. I don't <laughs> think he was in the wrong. <laughs> So those are our three specific San Antonio ones that I want to talk about. And we're going to wrap up this episode because I think we had some good, definitely did not happen in San Antonio, but they are good legends to have and good warnings as well, or depending on who you are, if they're good or bad warnings. And with that, I hope you have a spooky, spectacular rest of your night. Bye.